speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! A hey, moron! We, uh, <laughs> I never we sub it in my my torps, Sean. Mine's is still getting used. My my, my lockdown uh, beer tap purchase is still getting used. You must be the only guy going that's still using those things. <laughs> Do you know the only reason I'm using it is um, I never realised that. I had signed up to an annual box of beer for the company. So a few months, two months, two, three months ago, just had a, a notification from my bank saying that 70 quid had come out for fucking beer world. Raging, <laughs> <laughs> man. Absolutely gutted. But um, to be fair, I did complain to them, so I didn't want it. And they sent me my, my, my terms of contract and all that kind of jazz. I just kept mourning and mourning about it. So they refunded me and told me to keep the beer. Nice. Let's get him on as a sponsor. What's her name? <laughs> beer Wolf. Be- beer-, beer Wolf. If you want to sponsor us and give us free alcohol, then if I can pay you for it anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> give us more free alcohol, please. But the the, the Moretti's going to do a treat, guys. Thanks very much. <laughs> In fact, sponsor I'll give them one of them from a new dab. So fucking get send us a machine out too. <laughs> Don't send Daniel a machine out though. He's very much against your machines. Yeah. Aye, that's shite. <laughs> well guys welcome into another episode of morons reviewing movies um because we do so far in between i always forget what we did previously what was the movie that we last recorded the queen movie maybe uh, uh, bohemian rhapsody oh there we go there we go sean there jumped in straight away um Actually, I feel like on a, our score wise, Instagram seems to agree a little bit with us, which is one thing we were concerned about. Yeah, like I, I was quite worried that we were going to get a bit of hate for that one, but um, no, people tend to agree. We maybe should have yeah. just uh, found some sort of Queen fan pages on the internet and just directed them towards it and <laughs> got a bit of hate well, that way. We're probably in some Freddie Mercury or Reddit getting some abuse, like, but. <laughs> uh, we also did Dens with Benefits, that was the most recent one. Oh, um, that was my one. Mm-hmm. That was your unseen, was it, Burnsy? I think so. Well, yeah. They were both unseen in the end, weren't they? Because there's not enough movies that you've seen. I was about to say, I was say I'm pretty sure this one for this week, Burnsy, was yours as well. And I'm pretty fucking be surprised if you had seen this before. I thought it was uh, Daniel's, is it? No, no. No. Oh, maybe, you just said, maybe you just said that you were going to attack it as well. I can't remember. Or you said you were... I'm sure you said that. Maybe that's where I've got confused. But. It's nice to know that we are always on the ball with what the content we're delivering, guys. Yeah. Um, but this week's movie is Taxi Driver. Um, a mentally unstable veteran works as a nightmare, a nighttime, not a nightmare, a nighttime taxi driver in New York City, where the perceived death is urge for violent action. We'll come straight to the Bengal Tiger. First time watch, um, obviously. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I don't know what made me pick this film, to be honest, because when I started watching it, obviously, it's quite... I feel, I, find, I find it quite difficult to watch throughout it, really, um, just because of the storyline in terms of how it starts off, and he's obviously obsessed with this woman, and then when he's um, speaking, when he's got other interactions with Jodie, Forrest, Jodie Foster's character as well, that I think because I didn't feel as if I really knew what De Niro was going to do his character in the in, throughout the film. So I was kind of a bit not, not sure where it was going to go. I thought it did show his, his illness quite well and you could see his mental state deteriorating throughout it. Um, but yeah, I, I struggled to really get into this properly. I don't know if it's just because it was quite depressing throughout and I, I prefer films that have got a wee bit of light-hearted parts to it, whereas this doesn't really have any, I would say. Um, yeah. I don't know if you feel different. I'm assuming you, I assume you didn't, but in case maybe I missed bits, but I did feel myself sort of switching off at stages just because I thought it was too... Um, I don't know what word I'm looking for. It was what's in your face, but it wasn't really in your face. It was more just the fact you had to concentrate constantly um, because it was serious subjects, um, and when he, and also when like he at the start when he's infatuated with this woman, and when he's turning up to the office and basically creeping on her and things like that, I just felt really quite awkward at those stages, and then obviously see when he's he's speaking to this under underage prostitute, um, not that he's obviously doing anything, he's trying to help her out, but it's. It is quite a difficult watch, so I, I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't find it as good as what I was anticipating in terms of a watch. But I'd say that's more on me, um, and it's probably one that I would recommend to someone to watch. But I think I prefer more light-hearted films more than anything. I think maybe it was the word intense you were looking for. It's pretty intense. Sort of mm-hmm. Not yeah. in your face. I just because uh, it was that long. I pause. If I'm just gonna have to go with something instead of just silence. <laughs> uh, no, I do. I do get what you mean. It's 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 uh, pretty hard going. This film. Um, I've not watched it for years. I'm sure the last time I watched this was on a fucking VHS. That's how long ago it was. Um, so it was almost like a fresh watch for me. I remember thinking about this a lot when we watched the Joker and what now that we watched things two, quite close together you can see how much this influenced the Joker like him slowly getting more and more yeah. mental and wanting mm-hmm. to become a more violent act um, it's good I think um, most people are going to talk about all the good things about this so a couple of the wee things that I didn't like was I'd forgotten that it builds up and builds up and builds up about him shooting the presidential candidate and then that mm-hmm. just nothing happened it's weird, it's weird. It's, it's it's weird. Right. And then he goes so, on a shooting spree anyway so it's like you could uh, I think you could understand it more if like he's gone through well his sort of training if you like in terms of getting himself built up buying the guns like practicing shooting and all that kind of stuff and he goes to shoot someone and he shites it which basically is what he does and then I think it's that night he goes round and obviously yeah. for completely different reasons, obviously, but then at the same time, it's like you'd think if he was going to be as cold-hearted as what he was towards the end, then you think he'd be cold-hearted at the pres- presidential candidate as well. It was a bit weird. I'd, 
I thought maybe I'd miss something with that, to be honest. But I mean, what I took from it was that he sort of became a hero, didn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. a proper side in those moments. I mean, he's uh-huh. the president candidate. He's like in jail for life, or death or whatever. But now he's back on Civvy Street. He's a hero. He's like it's the complete actual side in those moments. Again, and even that again when he's went on this shooting speed towards the end. But wasn't the fact they ran out of bullets? They ended up did himself because he tries to top himself too. Yeah. And I think I he, the cop. I think he assumed the cop was going to kill him when the mm-hmm. cop came in. Yeah. And that's why he put his finger up to his head symbolically. Because uh, I think he assumed he was going to get killed by the cop. As Because American cops being been happy. Things have no changed, have they? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, it wasn't black, though. Good point. That's the only reason, that's the only reason that he, they didn't shoot him. We we're all thinking it, guys. Come on now. <laughs> Fair enough. That's me having a dig at the American police, by the way, before anybody calls me as a racist. I'm saying that the American police is institutionally racist. <laughs> we got that. You, you, frantically uh, explaining it, made it feel. Just taking the film, John. I thought the first 45 minutes, an hour was slow and mm-hmm. pretty, pretty boring. Then, obviously, like, I just wanted to mention there, you mentioned about the Joker. Uh, I'd forgot that the comparisons were made about the Joker to it until I kind of was just coming towards the end. Like, I think it was when he shot the pimps and that. Because uh, you do see him just kind of slowly unravel and lose his mind and things like that. Which, obviously, the Joker's pretty much identical to this, apart mm-hmm. from the fact that it's a clown and this is just a taxi driver. But I, I found the I, again. I've never seen this. Obviously, here that's you hear about films and oh, it's a classic. It's brilliant. Sorry, this and all that. Uh, but like for the first kind of forty-five minutes, I was like, "Fucking, this is so slow." Uh, I did start to enjoy it more towards the end. Uh, the president, the presidential stuff. Like when he had him in the taxi at first, and he was saying like, "Oh, like, I'm a big fan and all that," and uh, I'm telling nobody to vote for you. Like I thought that he was taking the piss, and I thought that like he was going to like at that point. I, th- I thought he was going to like I don't know, purposely crash the car or something. And do something. I, I just thought he was taking the piss. I didn't think he was being serious at all. And then I, I never thought about it at the time, but it was quite weird that nothing really happened with the presidential thing after he's went there to pull out the gun, but he then runs away. Like, what, what was what was the point in that? If nothing has, has really come of it. I think for me as well, Sean, it's like that's what I was, I was, I should add when I was saying this. Like, I'd, I think I watched this half and then watched the other half. No, it's a long film or that. And then the first 45 minutes, it just seemed to, I don't know what the point in that bit was really. And then it all builds up. And then I think it was like 20 minutes to go. And I was kind of like, I, I think 20 minutes, half an hour, and they were still in, he was in the cafe with Jodie Foster's character. Uh, it it like, did feel a bit kind of rushed towards the end. Yeah. When there was like, that much time before it to aye, like let's have them like yeah. shoot these pimps and all that and fucking cause chaos in the last like twenty minutes in the film. I can understand uh-huh. like, it being quite slow to begin with, fucking building the character and all that kind of stuff. Uh, which is fine. Again, this is just my thoughts and stuff. I know that this film is universally liked pretty much, but I just found it really, really slow. It obviously did pick up after that, but. 
and I hate watching films like this, and I say this every time about a classic that, that I've never seen. It just always feel let down because it just never ever lives up to the hype for me. And that's probably a me problem more than anything else. Uh, I like Martin Scorsese. I, I like his films. I like De Niro and all that. And I've I kind of read a bit, like I'd read some of the reviews and stuff like that uh, on Rotten Tomatoes just to kind of see what people were saying about it. And as you can imagine, it was mostly kind of positive. And people were saying, this is Scorsese's best film. I don't agree with that at all. And just another thing, the fucking music for this oh, was brutal. It was. I hated it. <laughs> See that, that was jazz. One, right? The score the jazz. all the way through it, man. Oh, it's fucking awful. Man. It's f- and the reason that uh, I wanted to bring it up is because so many people on the left these reviews this is like the the punter reviews no they're fucking uh what they called critics and that like they're saying how good like the background music was obviously it's not like just like a fucking tune like a, a jazz player or whatever it is but oh it's so annoying it's so annoying and that that felt pure outdated for me watching it nowadays can imagine yeah. back then it would have been mm-hmm. cool as fucking all that but that didn't really. I don't think it kind of came across too well watching the other days. It just didn't age very well. It's no, very I think you've a good point. Um, I tried to when I was thinking about this, how highly thought of it is. I think sometimes it's this was probably very very edgy and very cutting edge at the time when this came out. Like yeah. it's quite mm-hmm. a dark subject. There's quite a lot of violence in it. They they don't they don't sort of pull any punches and the language that they use or anything like that. So I, I'm sure at the time it was probably a much bigger deal. It's a bit difficult for us going back to watch. Because you're right, Sean, it's hard when someone's told you for years and years something's amazing. You can watch it, you, you almost feel like you're expected to think it's amazing. I think the only yeah. exception we've had has been 12 Angry Men. Because yeah. we all very much I, liked that. Uh, I thought I'd like, absolutely you take the score fucking out of this and just add in the background noise, it probably gets upvoted for everyone here. I'd say. Aye. Right, 12 Angry Men, there's no, there maybe is some slight banger music at bits, but even, I get the, the, the bit I hit on the nail on the head of even the music was that whoever was playing over the end credits, I'm like, oh my God, why is this shit mm-hmm. fucking getting played here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, brutal. Like, obviously, I mean, with Scorsese's more recent ones, like, I feel like, the soundtrack and the score is something that he seems to get bang on. It just, it seems to, I don't know if it's just because of what was available and whatever technology was around at the time that this was made, but maybe even think with a remaster, just go and add some tunes on the top of it, kind of make it 4K ready, whatever else, just give it a bit more of modern swaz. Uh, but then you can't go back and start bastardising the past and then, because oh. then you don't know what one was the original, do you know what I mean? This is, oh, what, this is what you're getting to. You're going to start editing the past. Nobody will know what's happened. <laughs> Just to pick up on what you said, Daniel, about the violence, I didn't think there was that much violence in it that it didn't make me... Usually I find where I watch the film and it, there's too much and I'm kind of coming on here and saying that. But I didn't. I thought it was as if there, there was obviously quite a bit of violence in the film, but it wasn't over the top, I didn't think. Um, yeah, it all happens in one big scene, I suppose. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, whereas most of the film is the anticipation of violence rather than the yeah. actual violence, I suppose. Because, like Sean said, it's a good. And I think that's what they were intent. That's what Scorsese is trying to do. Is like in the taxi scene, Sean felt like something was going to happen, mm-hmm. and I think 
the reason he waits so long is because he gives you so many scenes like that that you're like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. It's like, see when he goes to first speak to the young underage prostitute. Yeah. Um, the, the, the interaction between him and, is that Harvey Keitel, Harvey Keitel, by the way, that's the pimp? That blew my mind, by the way, when I mm-hmm. seen that was him because I just pictured him as this middle-aged man with a tash. Yeah. Uh, to me, uh, I mean, the whole time I was like, I recognise him, I recognise him. And then it was only towards the end I realised um, it was Harper Cactel. But in that scene, you feel like it's going to kick off at any point. He's going to have the gun pop out of his sleeve yeah. or whatever. Uh-huh, um, I don't know what's going to happen now. Uh, so I think, it, I think that's on purpose. It does a good job of that, making you think, oh, it's going to happen now, it's going to happen now, it's going to happen now. And then when it eventually happens, it, it, it still manages to shock you, even though they've been mm-hmm. teasing it all the way through. Yeah. Can we talk about how good De Niro is in this, though? Oh, as much as the, the movie probably doesn't age as well as what you remember. And mm-hmm. my my big fear now is the way that you guys are talking, obviously the score's not going to be that favourable. And this is the one where people think it's better than what it is. So when they start seeing our scores, they'll start reacting to it. But we'd encourage them to go back and watch it again where, like, 2023 eyes of how it is compared to what you think it is because I think this film's really good for I don't know it was the word I'm looking for pop culture references and certain looks and scenes from it but there's maybe five or six of them that people remember Um, but you're right there is a lot of time spent staring at stuff not really moving the story along and then the the story moved really really quickly so it kind of jumped back and forward a good bit. See how you just said there about pop culture and stuff like that? This was obviously like the uh, the weekend. I'll not say what... I suppose it's like a catchphrase. It's not a catchphrase, but it's like a very famous line. Like, yes. uh, you, you talking to me when you stand there <laughs> in the mirror. I, obviously, I've never seen this film, but I've heard that line so many times. And I've heard him say it, even though like I, I probably haven't heard him say it before. I don't know if he said that and maybe like meeting the parents and just a wee kind of spoofy way or something like that. But even that was a pure let. Like, that's not how I imagined it would be for such like for this iconic uh, phrase that he's came out with. It just was quite underwhelming because I knew that it was from a film. I didn't know what part. I thought it would have been like more in like him in a confrontation or something like that. No, just him standing in the mirror, standing staring at himself. I he- I, I just found that like quite underwhelming as well. Because you're obviously, you're obviously seeing him get more and more out of his mind as it goes on. Because mm-hmm. there the is bits that made me laugh when I'm watching it, though. The fact that he's got a Betsy, really pretty lassie, that's way above his station, that he's taken out for a date, and he's been bold enough to go in and get it right, and he's done really well there, and then decides to take it to a porno for a date. Right, it might have worked if this film was called Fake Taxi Driver. <laughs> <laughs> Fake Taxi Driver, that's the name of the podcast. Right. <laughs> I mean, um, what made him think that, that was a good idea? But obviously, that's what he spends his days doing. So he doesn't think that he's doing anything like untoward with it. And you see the reaction to him. Or how confused he is on why she's acting the way that she's acting. And it does a really good way of showing you how far apart these two people are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how he's just fucking deteriorating as it goes on. 
Yeah. Um, it's interesting though when you talked about that. Like, I suppose it's a question: Is he a hero or is he a villain? Right? Because he's he builds up the movie that he's going to be the main villain. He's going to go with killing the senator, but then actually he has that little crossroads where he wants to actually save this young lassie, a young Jodie Foster, um, who is obviously a child prostitute and he doesn't want to do that. But even, see the scenes that they're in, creep me the fuck out because Mm. he's allowing things to go too far. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, you mean, you can tell he's he's thinking about it. Yeah, that's what makes me hate him even more because... It's crossing his mind. Will he follow through with what she's wanting him to do because that's what he's there for? Um, yeah, I that was just me that thought that when I was watching. That's what I was saying how it creeped me out and stuff. That I was kind of like, I, was, I wasn't I was sure how it was going to go in terms of whether he was going to be the hero or if it was going to be somebody completely different and he was going to be one of the villains for the film. How uncomfortable did you feel when Harvey Keitel's character was telling him what he could do? Oh, aye. Uh, I mean, foster child. Uh, did a good job of like coming across as a what's <laughs> her child? Um, coming across as a like a child prostitute. I don't know what age she actually was when as an actress. I'm assuming she was older than thirteen. No, well, she was thirteen. 12. That as an actress. Yeah. Oh my God! Fuck hell! Fair play. She's done a great job in this. Like so. Uh, uh, I still your trivia hunter, but I did see a bit saying that in the scenes where things were obviously a bit more inappropriate. She had her older sister act out those scenes. Ah, right, okay. Like, uh, so, like, you wouldn't see her in scenes where you can't see her face or whatever? Yeah. Right, okay. Because, aye, that's fucking... Aye, that's on the, on the line. That's awkward. <laughs> like, surely that affects you in later life, having to do scenes like that, you would think. Um, I read a wee bit, but there was... there was It'll be in within Hunters, but it's not going to go into it that much, but I think it was, like, they had all these sort of things that she had to go through before the film and then maybe during film and then after it to try and make sure that it didn't affect her in that way. Whether I don't know if there's been anything that's came out <coughs> since then is that we did like a great job of making sure she was she was all okay throughout it or whatever. But I know it was sort of it was documented that there was loads of sort of help on hand and things for her to feel comfortable in things. Hunter's driven the now, but the girl that was with her, um, and obviously all the scenes of friend, she was an actual <laughs> prostitute. Aye. So it was an actress. They just had an actual prostitute to be with her through the scenes. It's just such a weird concept. Do you think that Tarantino yeah. had uh, directed this? There was no feet action, though, so you know it wasn't him. <laughs> you obviously tell it has been a big influence on his filmmaking style anyway obviously you've had that big crescendo to the the bloody ending mm-hmm. 100% I think to weigh in on the is he a hero or a villain um, he's definitely a villain like he just wanted to go out and kill people mm-hmm. he just didn't like people and I they were sort of bad people but it was just luck the way it ended up that folk like I- um Aye, aye, he was just—he's just a mentally ill man who'll probably kill folk again if he goes. Because let's just new things are going right with that lassie, um, the, the posh one that's the senator's campaign manager or whatever. Um, let's just say she turns him down in a couple of weeks. He's going to be back on the rampage again. 
Like, you could actually see him just going and shooting her or something, to be honest, yeah. if he didn't get his way. But where I'm being held at the end, my pothole is obviously you see all the clips in the newspapers, like he's been like fucking named like local guy, whatever, taxi driver, slays down drug gang, whatever. How has any of the presidential candidates' security force not seen this and say, that's the guy that fucking pulled the gun out? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> I suppose right. that technically they never saw him pull the gun out, they just saw him put his hand in and then run away. So I suppose because it was that was weird as well. Like there was mm-hmm. two things. Like one, do we think he was intended on killing her as well as well as the candidate? Um, as part of it initially, and secondly, he made a point of being known to the CIA guy. Do we? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it was like going to be a suicide mission for him either way. He wanted to be killed at the end, but as we saw when he tried to shoot himself, but he had no bullets. So I thought, I'm assuming he intended on. Taking out as many folks as he could, knowing that the CIA guy would get him, um, and that'd be his way of dying. But I, I don't know. He's definitely an evil bastard. He's not a good guy in any way. I don't think there was any good intentions. Really. I know he saw this. Yeah. To, he wanted to save this wee lassie, kind of, sort of. But it just seemed like an excuse to kill folk more than anything else. Uh, Gonna what the sides that other other scenes that told that made me laugh in this. Is when he's at the the cinema to go see the porno on his own, and he's buying snacks. Don't know why that found that so fucking funny. That he's sitting there and he's got a list of snacks and drinks that he wants to get to go in and sit there and watch this <laughs> this porno movie with other guys sitting there. So weird that that was ever that thing, eh? Porno. <laughs> what what would be your snacks of choices, guys, if you were to go into a porno cinema? A hot dog, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two hot dogs. <laughs> oh, that's dumb me. That's absolutely dumb me. Hunter, just... What are you going to do with the hot dogs, John? <laughs> Stuck it right down the back of my throat. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, next time you've got one of the, the viewings, uh, invite me along, please. <laughs> <laughs> and Kel provides with the hot dog. <laughs> I'm only a fire hot dog. We'll do morons reviewing pornos. We'll have, we'll have a 90-second podcast. <laughs> Sean's only fans of advert comes up at the end to sponsor us. Roll over hot dogs are listed as well, then. <laughs> Hi, please just send them. <laughs> oh fuck it! How do we always end up missing the subject, guys? Remember uh, when we had a a, a foot fetish page for a few days on Instagram? What? The <laughs> fetish page on Instagram for a few days. Who does? Oh, was a strange thing. <laughs> oh, no, was, I think it was a uh, Daniel Kyle Davey. What? So no somebody else. I was I was involved. That me, me or me or you were sure. You saw that foot fetish page. <laughs> we, it wasn't it wasn't anyone on here's page. We'll just leave it at that. It wasn't our feet. It was Dave's feet. <laughs> that is he's got the worst feet in the world. That is absolutely vile. It was a giant foot fit. Oh That's fucking. What it was called. Uh, 
this was in the height of lockdown as a way to try to make money selling pictures of Dave's feet. Oh, All that God. happened was uh, loads of men sent pictures of the bobbies to the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a few hundred followers in the space of a couple of days. The giant foot fetish. That's grim. <laughs> Hunter, do you have any trivia about taxi driver? I do. Yes, obviously. Not obviously going the ones that were. Touched on, but we're going to go here that Robert De Niro actually trained as a New York taxi driver to get research for his role. Uh, and even though he had actually won an Oscar for his role in The Godfather, he wasn't actually more recognised widely, widely, sorry, until after his role in Taxi Driver. Um, as you see, already touched on the bit with Jodie Foster's sister being a body double, essentially. Um, just saying that apparently Jodie Foster claims that having De Niro would regularly phone up. De Niro, sorry, would phone him up regularly and suggest they have coffee together. They would rehearse the dinner and scene over and over again to the point where Foster got bored, but De Niro would insist they continue rehearsing. So I think there was definitely some personality traits similar between Travis and Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> Uh, due to a garbage strike, much of the on-screen filth on the streets is real. Oh my god, that's funny. The on-street filth. <laughs> apparently, Martin Scorsese said he originally offered the role of Travis Bickle to Dustin Hoffman, who turned it down. Would good. He would have been quite good at that, I think. Is it Dustin Hoffman that did Fallen Down? No, is that no Michael Douglas? Michael, is that Michael Douglas? My bad. Aye, so it'd be hard to imagine anyone apart from De Niro doing this now, eh, with the whole you talking. I mean, as you touched on, so obviously, Eric Kyle De Niro's performance is that. It is probably one of those, again, I've kind of touched on it being like insisted upon itself as a classic duty. How many people they say, oh, you need to watch it, it's this. But again, I think it's more, again, it's maybe similar how we felt everyone kind of watched the Joker for the first time. It was Joaquin Phoenix's performance rather than the film. You go back and watch it a second time, you realise the film isn't as good because you're dro- totally drawn in by the performance of the leading actor. And I think this is very, very similar to that. Like, again, it's a second watch for me. And again, the first time you're blown away with De Niro, but second time, I don't know. You just pick up on things that I think that you maybe wouldn't notice the first time again. Number one, Grey Pass, we've touched on already, the music and whatever else, and maybe a few plot holes that you didn't, didn't acknowledge first time around as well. But again, obviously, when you look at this, not even this, when you look at the kind of the other films that we've kind of watched, Fight Club, like Edward Norton's character on that, and then maybe even like sort of Uncut Gems for Intenseness as well. I think you've ever had, as again, it's one of these sort of films that has been like the, it's the benchmark for so much forward so many other great films going forward again we've still again although we have kind of shot on it a bit at times we've still obviously credit scorsese and denio for it's maybe like the masterpiece i mean it's about 50 years ago when it's out i definitely would probably put it up there but cinema and times have moved on but still not taking any credit away from the work that was delivered on this for me i like i think my score is going to be higher than people are expecting i still think this is good um, I, I only seen a couple of negative things at the start because I assumed everyone else was going to wank all over it. But it seems that people like it as much. I definitely still like this film. It's a good movie. Um, it does have its flaws. It's a wee bit slow. I think. Cinema, was it the seventies? This came out. Ah, uh, seventy 
five, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a habit in 70s cinema, and I think it's just because film's expensive. There's loads of like long scenes where it's just like, I don't know what, a camera panning down the hallway for 10 seconds. And then it's like a camera zooming out over the street for 10 seconds. And then it's him just driving and going down the corner. And like just loads of empty scenes. And mm-hmm. you don't really get that as much now. Whereas like back then, you only had so much you could use and you're trying to make a fucking two-hour movie out of it. So, I I still really like it. I think it's great. I think it's a lesson in suspense and it's pretty iconic. Everybody knows the lines. Still going to get some good credit for me. And Kylo like it as well. So, I'm just good. looking on uh, IMDb where it sits. So it sits 115 on the top 250 of IMDb highest rated movies. Only one space above Top Gun Maverick. Ugh, get that in the bin, man. But a film that's uh, 10 spaces in front of it, uh, that is another classic to me. Very, uh, not similar, but old style, an old 70s movie, A Clockwork Orange. Oh, mm-hmm. that would be an interesting one to have to watch here. Have you seen that, Burnsy? No, I haven't, no. Oh, I mean, I might pick that next time I get a chance. <laughs> <laughs> want to get on the list. Well, guys, if we didn't have anything else to say about um, Sean, hot dogs, taxi driver, um, giant feet, we should uh, maybe get to the scoring. Go for it. Who's going first? There you go. Me? The the tiger go first. Aye. Um, I'm going to give it a 3.25. Fair play, fair play. Sean? Uh, 2.75. 2. Hunter? 4. Daniel? Joining Hunter on a 4. I think we'll make that 3 4s, please. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, I just put your notifications off on Instagram for a while. Like. <laughs> That's our first, first comment. That guy in the green jacket hates films. <laughs> Why do you people review films when you don't know what you're talking about? <laughs> your mom's shouting you for dinner, you wee fucking clown. What the fuck? shouting you for dinner. Where's the score, Monday? 3.6. That's not bad. <laughs> If if we had, if we only had somebody that would update the leaderboard so we could actually see where that sits, eh? Like, I actually went to look at it today, and it was all over the place. Shocking, man! <laughs> Absolutely shocking. Well, I, I've not got any time, man. <laughs> guys, <laughs> you're like on the on the sidelines at the moment, so you're in too much pain, Kel. That's the reason why. Well, what do you say? It was Bunsy three point? What sorry? Next. If we go for the current leaderboard. Which hasn't been updated for about six months. Six months. Um, <laughs> so they're not so currently leaderboard. <laughs> this is a joint forty-eight with me, myself, and Irene. Nah, oh. that's better. Me, myself, and Irene's a classic one. I think um, this is why I might want to do another league table countdown on Instagram because people get more outraged when you see things like that together. Taxi driver, me, myself, and Irene. And uh, even though they're on equal points, they'll purposely put me, myself, and I in one place higher. Well, well, 
I, further enough, we've got Joker at 3.5. I'd say Joker's better than Nah, this is slightly better than Joker, I'd say. Again, um, this is the benchmark that Joker was made of. Like, so you've kind of... So one of those is the original or the remake. It's... And Uncut Gems is 3.65. Aye, that's better than this. I'd say that's better than this, aye. Uh, Fair play, guys. Well, if we didn't have anything else to talk about, I think we've exposed enough um, through this through this recording so far, so we should just call that a night. <laughs> I'm happy for that. Before we end up with any chaps at the door, I think we call it a night here. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much for listening. And as morons bid you, farewell. Night-night. <laughs> night-night. <laughs> night-night. It sounded so seedy. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy bass. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be fucking clutting that bit of wee picture of your face, Burnsy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've got the perfect picture to you. I've got a picture of you lying on a bed wearing just your boxers and a pair of black socks okay. with a, a packet of McDonald's chips in your hand. <laughs> oh, don't you can use that one. <laughs> That'll you <laughs> to be fair, Bunsy, you've got one hand holding the chips and the other hand's cutting your nuts. So Aye, I don't, I don't know when you're oh, that that was in Cardiff, wasn't it? Aye. <laughs> uh, I mean that one. Sorry I don't speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron, that's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! Stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Up here, you morons! Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! Hey, moron! Bid you farewell and good luck, morons. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>